Welcome to the Two Fab Femmes Podcast with your hosts, Maggie Hill and Gina Cafaso. Conversations on every topic for women to survive in this great big world. Welcome back, Femmes. This is Gina. And this is Maggie. And we are heading into part two of our call for change. Oh my gosh, Maggie, this, these topics, I, I have to say it's been eye-opening for me. I don't know about you, but. Oh, legit. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just this one to speak it. We're going to speak to John Browner. So if all of you don't know who he is, he's on the Scott and BR show. He's one of our favorites. We used to work with him at max 105.7. Uh, we know him well, and he's just so eloquent the way he speaks and what he's totally. So totally. I'm excited to have him on and and I, I think everyone's going to get something out of this. I really do. Yeah, we were in the studio with Mighty 1090 as well. So that's how we got to know John and, and the boys. But it's pretty exciting. I'm really excited with what he had to say and all that good stuff. And I think our listeners are just going to love it. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But you know what we do? Before we get into our topic, Hola. we strutted into a bar. Yes, we did, <laughs> honey. Uh, you know what I have to say though. So everyone's excited. Everything started to open up and then it comes out where it's spiked again. And now we need to wear masks, you know, like again, everywhere. Uh, I'm just like, "Ah." (laughs) well, I think they should have not made masks, you know, an optional. No, it's like, look, we can all open up, but we can all do our thing. Just don't spit on each other. So wear a mask. Right. It's pretty easy. Yeah. I think there's just so many people that are like on both sides of this. Like, it's just like everyone likes to argue anyway, I think. But, you know, like it, people are saying, well, we don't really need them. There's other countries that haven't used them. And I was like, well, you know, if, if, who knows? I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of a, to me, it's a ridiculous little fight battle. Cause it's like, just do it. You know, it's, it's not going to kill you. These nurses and most of the, you know, care people that we've even people working at the market have to wear them all day long. You have to wear them for a short period of time to go into a store. I think you can handle that just for right now. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not, well, hopefully it's not the end of the world, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Kind of feels that way lately, (laughs) but you know. Well, I'll tell you, it's mostly the people that are making it political that are going back and forth because the word pandemic, you know, we've had it before. We'll have it again. We're in the middle one of, we're in the middle of one right now. It's, it's not a politics thing. It's not a Dem thing or a Republican thing. It's a health thing. Right. And I don't get why people are making it that. That's what I don't get. Like they, you know, if you don't agree with it, no one's holding a gun to your head that you have to put a mask on. I mean, you might not be welcome in certain places that you go to, but if you don't want to wear a mask, don't. I mean, it's it's up to you, but you're putting other people at risk, maybe people you love at risk, and that's on you. That's on you. That doesn't mean that, you know, anybody in our pol- political spectrum, I don't care who it is, is, you know, doing this because it's a political agenda. And if you want to believe that, that's up to you. It really is. But it's just... Well- I, I, I beg to differ. I think that the, there's a certain guy in the White House that when he walks into a room of politicians all wearing a mask and he refuses to wear one mm-hmm. um, and then his sheeple follow <laughs> behind sheeple. him, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. And you know what? You know, don't hold rallies where there's not six feet social right. distancing. They're all on top of each other. Right. And P.S., you don't have to wear a mask. It's optional. But you're right. signing a waiver that if you catch it, you cannot sue Trump. 
Uh-huh. They have to sign a waiver before they go in. So yeah. I say, look, let it touch their families or them. And I don't want to be ugly, but quite frankly, that's the only way they're going to realize that, you know, this is a thing. Well, I've even heard from people that were protesting that they are doing a quarantine after that, you know, and they were wearing masks. Most of the people I know, at least that were protesting, were wearing masks yeah. were protesting and they're self-quarantining, which I thought, well, that's, you know, smart. It's, it's smart. I think so too. Yeah, totally. Cause if you're going to go do that, right. Then it's like, it's like, I'm going to go eat a slice of cake and then I'm going to go run five miles. It's just doing the right thing by your health. You're going to go out and be on top of each other during a pandemic, a global pandemic, do your thing, but then go home and don't move. Right. Right. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But what, you know, I don't want to talk about this in the bar anymore. Yeah. (laughs) No, really. It's going to make us drink even more. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. Uh, So what is your drink? What's your drink? What's happening? Give me the scoop. Well, so we got a pergola for the kitty's balcony. You know, I used to have a catio. Oh yes. I remember At my old house. Well, we couldn't bring it. It was too big and it just didn't travel. And so I, I was super bummed too. Aww. I had this custom made catio. It was awesome. Kids loved it, but now we have a balcony off our bedroom. So the kids, I like the kids, the kids loved it. I like the kids <laughs> loved it. It's true. And so now the balcony off the bedroom, we put a pergola out there because apparently Gina, there are very large birds out here that oh. sweep up cats and <gasps> medium sized dogs. No way. Uh, I can't. Are you joking? Like, what, I what kind of birds are these birds? Are they hawks uh, or what are they? I don't freaking know. Oh, I do not oh, know. The, I love it. The cat's meowing in the background. Yes. See? Yeah. She's like, oh, God. <laughs> so we got a pergola and it's not a huge balcony. It's like 10 by eight or something like that. But the pergola is actually a grill pergola. So I'm calling it the pergola. <laughs> and so with that inspiration, I'm having a Hello Kitty vodka lemonade cocktail. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, it's just delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Kitty. How cute. Does it have like the colors of Hello Kitty or is it Hello Kitty like glass or what has it? Hello Kitty. Oh my God. It's just, it's just a Hello Kitty cocktail. There's a new Hello Kitty cafe that's opening in Anaheim uh-huh. and it is literally everything Hello Kitty. It's fabulous. And they have Hello Kitty inspired cocktails as well. So oh, oh my, I'm just, we have to go. Oh, it sounds. Oh my I God. I'm it. so excited. I love Hello Kitty. That's, that's something oh, that brings back I, my childhood too. I love it. I love, I love Hello Kitty. So if you look up this cafe, oh my God, it's just, uh, you have to go to the bow room because in the evening, the bow room turns into cocktails and themed oh. Uh, hi. So cute. <laughs> Very cute. What a good concept. That's so fun. I love that. I know. I'm so jealous. Tell me about your week, girl. What you drink? Oh, I'm doing a shot. I'm doing a straight shot of whiskey. That's it. Clean. Oh. Oh, done. It's been kind of a weird week. It's been an up and down week, like really high highs and really low lows. So I was like, I just need a shot. Like I, he, I had like a technical issue on our website that took five hours out of my day and it drove me crazy. Shit. So oh, it was excuse like, me, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I was like telling the guy that I was chatting with online, I'm like, I think we need a drink. He's like, no kidding. <laughs> so a shot of whiskey it is. That'll yeah. warm your bones. Exactly right. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. But I got some exciting things coming up. So I'm excited, but I'll, I'll share that at a later time. But yeah, you know, things are, things are moving and shaking. So that's a good thing. So yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm happy about 
that stuff. It's just this week was kind of a like, again, it was just up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, the dating thing, forget it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So, so the yeah. wrong kind of up and down. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, that sucks. What, up, um, sh- <laughs> what are you going to do? It flows off the tongue. You know, <laughs> you set yourself up. I come in. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. I was waiting. I was, I knew oh, something no. was Yeah. But so that, yeah. the dating thing though, like I, it's, it's tough to date right now, G. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, it is. I mean, and the thing is too, I don't, I don't know. It's funny because I've had some people come out of the woodwork again and you know, I just, I don't get it. I just don't get the whole concept anymore. I really don't. I, I, maybe it's just, I'm too old for it now. <laughs> I'm just over it. It's just too much. Like I put energy out and it's not worth it to me. It's just not. So I'm like, you know, I need a break. I just need a break. And we're going to do another dating, mating, and rating episode coming up soon. So when we do, I can dive a little deeper into it, but I'm just, it's just, it's too much. I, and it, you know, you don't really, I don't know. I've had a, a couple of guys try to catfish me again. Oh, so I was like, pulled myself off all the apps. I'm not doing it anymore. I just need a break. I need a break. Well, I'll tell you what, these guys coming out of the woodwork, honey, tent your house and yeah. fill up the holes. These termites have got to go. Like, honestly, I'm over the woodwork guys. Yeah. They do. They come crawling back and it's like, yeah. what? What are you doing? It's just weird. And then like, I get random videos from people like sending me a video of something. I'm like, all right, what does that mean? What what do you try to like? As long as it's not a dick pic, we're good. Yeah. Well, I've gotten a couple of those too. <laughs> oh, ew, oh, gross. That's another story. <laughs> that just ain't my thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. To, I, the whole thing's kind of. It's just funny. I don't know. I just have to laugh now. I just have to sit back and go. You know, there's a reason for everything. I just have to keep telling myself that. Well, folks, yeah. stay tuned for Dating, Mating, and Rating 2020 edition because this should be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking sure. forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But before we do that, we have a very powerful interview coming up for you to hear. You must hear it. John Browner, he says it him. like it is. He's just very direct, again, very eloquent, and is speaking his truth. And I'm just excited that we could share it with him. Me too. We are so excited to welcome Mr. John Browner back on our show. Welcome. Ow! What's up? What's up, ladies? How's it going? Good. We missed you. We missed Mr. you. Mr. Browner, lot. where the heck have you been? I have been all around, up and down since 1090. I mean, I'll, I'll give the audience a little bit of dive into what has happened in the last year and a half. Since 1090 went down, everything's kind of really been a scramble, uh, keeping the Scott and, B, Scott and BR show afloat kind of uh, working with those guys and now being a part of that show full time in addition oh. to doing my own personal stuff on the side, just trying to make a living at this point. And then obviously you have everything that's going on in the last three months with COVID and, and, and unemployment and so many different things. You just got to keep hustling. You I know, I mean, you gotta- yeah, I'm, I, I, can, <laughs> I can completely relate to that too. I know Maggie can too. Oh yeah, oh, man. It's been fun. Hasn't it? I'm just yeah. totally being I mean- facetious right now, but yeah. <laughs> I've taken this time to to do I I've I've taken this time to do this. If you've ever had a plan of something you've wanted to do in your life, this is now the time to enact that plan. You're one of two things. Either you want to work for someone else and follow someone else's dreams and goals, or you want to take this downtime yep. that everyone has 
and use it in the best way possible to start your own business, create that idea you wanted to do, or go in the direction of the life that you've actually wanted to live, but you couldn't for all these unforeseeable things. COVID-19 has taught us one thing. If you do not innovate, you will disintegrate. And oh, it depends. I love that. That should be a t-shirt right there. I love Legit. that. I, li- I literally just made that up. I had innovate, and then the disintegrate just came. <laughs> it totally works, but so, you're absolutely right. Uh, right. So if, yeah. if you can't adapt to the changing market, if you can't adapt to now doing your interviews on Zoom as opposed to face-to-face, if you can't adapt to the way that marketing is going to be going going forward or yep. social media or interaction, yeah. then your business is not going to be able to operate. Right, right. Well, all that said, because we know you from Mighty 1090 and from, you know, when we were on that station 105.7 with you. Yeah. Uh, And uh, we were so thankful to meet you because you have such a positivity about you. You just do. And you're very real. And Maggie and I gravitate to people like you because we just know that you're honest and authentic and you just say it like it is and you don't hold back. So people know you from the Scott BR show. But give us a little more insight into your background. Where you come from? Give us more about your background. So I'm from the south side of Chicago. I lived uh, on the south side. I grew up in public housing. I uh, grew up mother, son of a single mother. I met my father when I was 17 years old. I seen him maybe once or twice, like I can barely even remember. And then he he died shortly after me meeting him. Um, I, I came to San Diego when I was 18 to finish my last year of high school. I've since then, (laughs) I've since then did more odd jobs than I can count. I've been a collegiate athlete. I've been a semi-professional athlete. I've been a construction worker. I've been a, uh, I've worked at a hotel. I've worked in radio. I've, I've hosted podcasts for 10 years. I've worked at a television station. I've worked at KUSI. I've been a weatherman. Like I'm, you've I've been everywhere. A, <laughs> You're a Renaissance uh, man for a, sure. You're the definition of what that is. Seriously. Yeah, I've done a I've done a wide array of things that's kind of led me to uh, give me the insight and the professionalism and the 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 fortitude to be where I am now and kind of uh, understanding all sides of things because I've been the I've been in a room full of black people and then as I grew older and start begin to do business. I've been the only black person in an all-white room. And so you have to navigate in business in a sense that you've got to learn as you go because people don't teach you these things because there's not a lot of black people in these rooms. And in addition to that, oftentimes the sad part is when you're in the room with some of these people, some of the hardest people to impress or some of the hardest people to get to understand where you're coming from is the other black person because it's, it's seen as a sense of competition. And so oh, it, oh, wow. it, it, it's been an interesting, it's been an interesting journey to where I am now. And I still got a long way to go. Like we all do. So, yeah. so John of all trades, master of which way are you right. taking this time off, John? What, where are you headed from here forward? So uh, we have, uh, we, we've done a great job keeping the Scott and BR show afloat and it's getting ready to go back on radio. Uh, oh, Nice. Yeah, so the station's coming back, and we're going to now be the Southern California sports leader, uh, which means we won't necessarily pertain to San Diego sports because we all know that there's a void there. Uh, so we have okay. now our system. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what sports? Really? Do we have anything now? Right. <laughs> I don't think we do. Right. It's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a grocery store. You have all these groceries. The signal operates like this. It's, consider it a grocery store. 
but you only sell what's in the fruit aisle. That would be the San Diego sports market. But people yeah. also need toilet paper. They also need uh, cookies. They also need steaks. They also need <laughs> cleaning masks. supplies. Yeah, that sounds right. like my, my shopping list right there. <laughs> right. Flowers. Like, yeah. And so you have, to get, you have to use the tools that you have to reach all, as many people as you possibly can. And so it only seems fair and smart going forward to do that. That's very cool. Yeah. So what is it a new station or is it 1090 going back to 1090 nope. or is it? No? Same, it's the same signal. It's owned by a different person. Oh, got it. Well, hey, that's awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah. So obviously, okay, we touched on the pandemic, John, and you know, the last three months have just been hella weird, but you know, it's happening and slowly as the country starts to come back online, but between that and now the largest cry for change, right, across the world after the death of George Floyd, a man, a black man, what are your feelings about what's going on in our country and, and the world, but what's going on in our country today? I think what's going on in our country is an old story being told by new people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that when we talk about social injustice, This is the same fight that Martin Luther King had, the same fight that Malcolm X had. It's the same fight that Booker T. Washington had. It's the same fight that many Black people have had. We just never had the opportunity to get white people to pay attention to said message. And luckily, unluckily, I say that all the time, luckily but unluckily, uh, COVID-19 has forced people to open their eyes to what is actually happening. Because I think we got caught in a point where Everybody was doing nothing. Like mm-hmm. literally, you were forced to stay in your home. And as that was starting to uh, uh, become laxed, this happened. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no sports, there's no movies, there's, there's no, no television. From pro- it. Yeah. There's no, no television programming right. out there. And, and so it was kind of the per- unfortunate perfect storm for George Floyd, but an opportunity for all parties involved in this country to say, hey, wait a minute, we've got the time for this now what the hell is going on with this? And how did we get to this? To where, I think the callousness of his death should teach us that, and the subsequent things that followed, is the police are beating the shit out of protesters who aren't breaking any laws. Apologize for the profanity, but it's the truth. This is when people say, oh, there's only one or two bad apples. Well, if you turn on your phone and you scroll down social media at some of these protests, that isn't one cop, that's 12 cops beating the hell out of people. Like, yep. there's a cop who ran over people with a guardrail in New York City. Like, oh they're God. shooting people in close range with pepper ball guns. Like, these are, they're rolling down the street in, in, in armored vehicles. Like, these are war vehicles. These are, this is not community policing. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me you need a, a, a vehicle of that nature to police a protest? So I think we're now in a, we're now in a moment where white people have acknowledged that something is very, very wrong here because mm-hmm. they're going to be the ones to fix it. Again, Mar- Muhammad Ali almost gave up his career not to fight in Vietnam because he believed in that message. Colin Kaepernick gave up his career because he believed in his message. Mm-hmm. Tommy Smith gave up his career, the, the aftermath of uh, Olympic medal because he believed that holding up his fist during the national anthem was a message in a moment for people to take vision of what is happening to black people in his country, I can come and win a, a gold medal for you. I can represent you on the world stage, but I can't eat at a counter with you. I can't drink from the same water fountain as you. I can't marry a person outside of my, my race. <laughs> people, people have sacrificed so much 
and gotten so little until we get to this point. And now we need white people to be like, all right, we know we're late to the party, but nevertheless, we can all still sing happy birthday, if you know what I mean. So Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter that you didn't get there on time. You got here. And I think that's what more people like me and I had to check myself. I have to shut up and welcome these people in. And I think a lot of black people, a lot of minorities need to do that. Don't be pissed that white people are late to the party. Be happy that some of them are coming to speak to the ones who won't show up. Well, that is kind of the next question I have for you. Do you feel like we are moving in the right direction? Because I think a lot of people, like you said, I I am a firm believer too, that COVID kind of made everyone have to be this captive audience where they didn't have a choice, but to see what's really going on. And I think so many people just turn a blind eye are just living their little protective bubble and don't think that these things are injustices or that they're happening. They just take the excuse where they see it on the news and then they just move on from it. Well, now people are not moving on from it. And So, you know, I think a lot of people, including myself, have been really educated to learn more about really all the systemic problems in our country. So do you feel we're moving in the right direction? Or do you feel like, I mean, I know it's probably a long road ahead, but what are your thoughts on that? I think we are, I think this road is never ending. I have to be perfectly honest with you. I think this road is never ending. I think that the fact that other people are starting to realize that the road exists is the good part. Mm-hmm. Um, ag- acknowledging which direction to go in is always a good start. I, I think that having more people under the tent is better than having less people under the tent. Like you said, there was a lot of things that you had to educate yourself on. A, a similar situation, Drew Brees got into uh, a, an unfortunate situation where he missed, not misspoke, he said something that he had been saying for a couple years about kneeling during the anthem and that his, his grandfather fought for the right for that flag not even understanding that in that same war his great-grandfather fought in, a black man fought in that war as well, helped win it, and did not have the same liberties and justice and rights when he came back to this country that he fought for as his grandfather did. And so Mm -hmm. just a simple acknowledgement that that flag means different things to different people is a starting point. And, and that, well, I think and, a lot of that, people too, like with the flag, like a lot of people took what Kaepernick did as not standing up for injustices, but going against the flag. And that's not what it was about. You know what's funny about that? I and this, this part is heavy. This is a very heavy comment. This is a very un. This is an ugly comment I'm about to say. Racism is so deep in America that even if you protest something, people think that you're protesting America because you're protesting racism, and that is mm-hmm. such a difficult thing for people to understand and mm-hmm. to swallow. That if I want to take a knee in silent protest, I'm not breaking anything. I'm not yelling during a silent moment. I'm taking a silent protest. So to say to you that this is wrong in our country, but I'm going to do that at a moment where I can have the most people see it, but it flies in the face of what you you praise, which is the American flag. We all respect the American flag. We all love this country. Mm -hmm. But when you see a person do that, your brain, not you guys, but that person's brain can't separate the two from this social injustice that is real and the national anthem, which is also another thing because I'm doing one at the time of the other doesn't insult the flag, doesn't insult the anthem. This is just a moment. I need you to listen. I think there's a huge reality too that needs to be said here. And I know I, I, I 
get political periodically, but let's face it, the current administration hasn't exactly helped with any of those messages either. It was the current administration that went against the Colin Kaepernick and, and really voiced out there, don't kneel, you know, don't do this. And I don't think that helps either. But you have a lot of, like you've said, very ignorant people out there that think that the genius is running the show right now. And the genius is calling white supremacists lovely people. Yeah, I, I think people, it is a two-part answer to that question. It's ironic you say that. Because, yeah, he put a microphone behind it. But the NFL owners could have all come out and said, no, mm-hmm. you be quiet. You, you worry about politics. We'll take care of this. And I think that's the part about it that damaged the message so much. Because if the NFL would have allowed him to do that and just simply said that it's his right to protest, regardless of what the president says, because you got to go back, go back a little bit. Donald Trump wanted to purchase an NFL team. He tried to buy the Buffalo Bills. And this is like maybe 15 years ago. And they laughed at him and said, you don't have any money. Like, you don't have, you don't have real money to, to own one of these. Yeah, you to own one of these, you need real tangible money. We need to go and look at your taxes and see oh. how much do you Well, we know how he feels about that. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Right, right, I'm serious. Yeah. And, and, and he had a grudge against the NFL because of the super ultra-rich white club. He was denied entry, and he didn't like it. And he had a grudge against the NFL ever since then. And he tanked another league, the AFL, in, in reference to that just because he wanted to be the face of something and it failed like most other things he does business-wise fails Mm -hmm. and he wanted to retaliate against the NFL because now he had the power to do so and they fell right for it and they got right behind the the BS that he was touting and it ended up getting way out of hand and the message got lost in politics and that's and that's where we are today. Well, I have a question about when the protest started and you saw a lot of police come out that are we're kneeling. What were your thoughts when you saw that? I think it's bullshit. I'm sorry. I, 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 look, there are people in the police department. And listen, being a police officer is a very difficult job. I would never do it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. You, every time you put that badge on your life, it's in danger. Because you understand the responsibility that you hold when you go out into the community. So if you think that Taking a knee will take that knee off of George Floyd. It won't. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the moment of solidarity. I do. But what a lot of people aren't talking about is there are large amounts of cops now quitting because they feel like they're being, quote unquote, handcuffed. These are not my words. These are the words of these people who are now quitting the police force. So you're quitting because you feel handcuffed to what? Now, you can't shoot and choke black people and not suffer the consequences of it. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get why people don't understand how ugly this is and how systematically mm-hmm. woven within the system that this is. This Derek Chauvin character had 12 different infractions yeah. of excessive force use. The guy who just shot Rashard in Atlanta had eight different <laughs> infractions of lethal, or, or I'm sorry, uh, excessive force on his record. So yeah. you mean to tell me, when you push a 75-year-old man down in Buffalo, crack his head open on the concrete, every member of that SWAT team or that team, that critical response team, all resigned. Why? Right. Because right. two guys made a mistake? 
Or is it because you guys want to keep being lawless, cracking people's heads open because that's what they taught you in your training is that if you're not a warrior, you can't do this job. So you and, would rather And quit. Trump came out too and said something about that that man was trying to like cross. He was, so the cross the, yeah. He was trying to use his phone. Trying to like interfere with their communications. And they're like, he had a cell phone in his hand. It's like, he what? Was trying to, so the thing was, they say he was trying to turn his cell phone into a, a frequency disruptor so <laughs> that the police, right, the, the police's radios couldn't go back and forth. Yeah. Hey, man, let me explain something to you. If you turned the camera around in that protest, it was 15 people. What the hell y'all need a radio for? Just right. yell, hey, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so true. But I will say, I will say this, John, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. When we saw the police officers kneeling and kneeling with protesters and, you know, standing on the steps and all going down and taking a knee, I think that it's really important for those that haven't resigned for some stupid ass reason. It's really important that any cops now that know that there's a Derek on their team they need to to voice it. No more of this, you know, boys club crap. It's got to be a Serpico mentality where they start speaking about it. So when they took that knee, I actually found it incredibly powerful. And I thought that instead of just talking, they physically, you know, took took a knee. And I thought that spoke volumes. That didn't that didn't register with you like that. No, because I think as a as the society, we can get caught up in the moment. As a as a human being, you can get caught up in the energy of a moment, and you can do something to quell the crowd. These this was all these needs. Again, I don't. I'm not judging the individual police officer that's doing that. But will that police officer speak up the next time he's in the presence of someone, another officer doing something wrong? The, the knee is yep. the knee is only symbolic in nature in the moment. We can right. take you a thousand pictures of that, but that's a fraction of a second. That police officer, once they got up, went up the street and had to tell someone, hey, curfew's up, time to move. Now, is that same officer that took that knee, took a baton across somebody's back because they wouldn't get out of the street fast enough? That's mm-hmm. that's the question that I'm asking. I, I, I think that it's great that these guys are out taking knees, but will you be able to be one of the people when it comes time to call out another uh, uh, assailant, mm-hmm. be an officer or not? Will you have the courage to do so? Because the mob or the the energy from that moment won't be around. It'll be Fair you, enough. it'll be him, and it'll be the individual. So I'm a person that at this point in time, as a black man, I need to see action from those police officers. I, I appreciate the, 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 the moment. I appreciate the gesture. But turn that gesture into some action. Ban chokeholds. Ban yes. excessive yes. lethal force. Yeah. That, well, the thing is, I, I, I don't, don't understand why did. these police shoot to kill versus if if you're afraid for your life or whatever. You can there's ways you, you know you can restrain someone without going to excessive force. You know, like I don't understand like Rashard too, like why they they pulled out a taser. I'm like, if the guy is intoxicated, which he didn't appear to be, because I watched the 43 minute video of him doing that sobriety test, and I felt like that officer was just continually like have him watch his finger. I'm like, he already proved that he's not, you know, in, I mean, he, he came across like he wasn't intoxicated, came across like he, to me that he was very tired. I don't know if he was or not, but the fact that they kept pushing it and pushing it and then pulled out a taser, 
you know, I just, I'm thinking, okay, he wasn't really resisting until you pulled out that taser. <laughs> then he you, was you, like, you know, I, I just don't get that. Well, they knew you, it. They knew it. And they loved every bit of every minute of it. That's, that's what they do. Those are the guys that, you know, those are the guys that need to be imprisoned, sent into gen pop and let them be handled. Those are the guys that are out there to do just that. I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that 45 minute video and I'm glad you watched it because I watched it too. And it, and at the end of it, it almost, it almost brought me to tears. Here's why yes. they, they had a human conversation with that man. He wasn't a suspect. He was a man who was okay. explaining to them. I got tired, man. And I fell asleep. I had spent all day the previous day with my daughter's birthday party. If you ever done the child's birthday party, it's fucking exhausting. And then you turn around and you go out with your wife or girlfriend or respective uh, person you're in a relationship with. You have a couple drinks. So now you've had two long days in a row. Right. The man fell asleep and had some alcohol, which he acknowledged that he had alcohol. Mm -hmm. So he knew whatever test he took, that test was going to come back that you've been drinking. So in addition to that, telling them, hey, let me just leave the car here. My right. sister, where my children are, lives like, lives two blocks. House. Yeah, I I will walk. And what burns my blood at a level that I simply cannot even explain to you without flying in a fit of rage is they would not allow that to happen. But Dylan Roof yes. sat and prayed in a church with black people and then shot them all at close range in mm-hmm. the head. And the police took and this took boy to, Burger, to King. Burger King. Yeah. So you, the Pulse nightclub shooter, the, the, the kid who shot up Sandy Hook, they took these kids alive. They took these people without a scratch on them. Today, there was a, there was a guy who in California where the police took him in, he, was, he murdered a police officer, had a shootout with police today. They walked them away in handcuffs. So me, me as a person, I don't understand what line of policing that allows you to be human to white people who do atrocities of mm-hmm. human nature. Mm-hmm. But a person who simply fell asleep in a drive-thru dies because he ran with a taser in his hand, a non-lethal right. weapon. I yeah, no, agreed. Yeah, it makes no sense. So I'm going to go a a little different direction here, John. I I wanted to talk to you about this. Now, you are a public figure, a radio personality, so I don't want to get too much into your personal uh, life and so forth. But I do have to acknowledge that you are a daddy. Congratulations. Yes, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. So so very excited about that. Happy for you. Now, for your own child now and, and youth, right, what... Are your hopes for the future of kids today? I think that the children today get it. I think the reason why you're seeing the uprising in the volume that you are is because those are children. And I mean, teenage kids, young adults walking the streets saying no more of this because they didn't grow up like their parents did. They didn't, they grew up, these white kids, this generation of white kids grew up listening to black music, hanging around black kids. Uh, watching black movies, dancing, immersing themselves in in the culture of black people. And they they get it. They understand the severity of the situation. And so I'm absolutely proud of the kids that I see out marching. The the, the march that they did here in San Diego that went up university. It was a beautiful sight to see the young faces marching in that crowd because they understand that we grew up in this culture and we love it. 
So we don't understand what your problem with it is. So we will end this. We will stop this silliness that our parents have allowed to continue on for generations without saying anything because their parents raised them a particular way and vice and, and so on and so on and so on. And we're at this point now. For my for my daughter, I think that she's gonna have a opportunity in life that I was not afforded and that you guys may not have been afforded regardless of your your color. But mm-hmm. as a woman, it's been fucking crazy hard for women that mm-hmm. people don't really, yeah. uh, people don't really talk about. Like Me Too wasn't that long ago, but no, no one talks about it. Like the the message in Me Too, and that's what I would have been more afraid of as a as a father with a daughter that some man could sexually force himself on my daughter because she wants a job. Because she wants a raise, she's got to give a guy a handy because she needs because she wants to be the vice president. Like that's insane to me. Like it, it's and, and so that is more what I'm worried about now as we look at the current climate because I believe that the people out now, the next the generation that is coming up and the one that will follow, which will probably be her, they get it. They understand that this is not okay. It's yep. the other. It's the other yep. side of it that once you get in that corporate office and you're one woman in a room with ten dudes that you have to behave in a certain way or you'll be viewed in a certain way. That's what I'm more worried about because that part we haven't tackled yet. Right. This racism thing is so old, we get that. But the sexism thing is, it, it's old too. Well, it's yeah, old. I was going to say it's, it's old, old too. too. But <laughs> it's very if old. you think about yeah. 2017, the women's marches, the biggest in history. Ever, ever. Now yep. we've got, you know, the, the civil, civil rights, rights movement of what's happening now. The biggest in history. Yeah. I ever. mean, it's, People are it's stepping up. amazing times. I, God hoping are a changing. Mm-hmm. But are you still going to have the, quote, talk with your daughter? Um, I will. Always make her, I think it's a parent's responsibility to teach a child in the moment of whatever it may be. Like, if you don't believe that same sex is okay, when you see two people kissing, that is the moment to educate your child. Don't try to have it removed from television. I think that if if you look at the world that we live in today, you have to educate your children on everything that they may face when they go out in society. So I will always have a conversation with her about how to behave in the midst of police officers. Because just like there was, there is George Floyd, there was Sandra Bland, a black woman left in the prison to die, mm-hmm. who they say hung herself, but no evidence points to that. Right. So right. Brianna, Brianna Taylor, the police yeah. broke in her house in a no-knock warrant and shot her to death. Unbelievable. So at the wrong house, looking for a person already in jail. Right. So right. there's a conversation that you have to have with her, that I have to have with her, whether it be for my own mental uh, uh, relaxation or whether it be for her protection. Well, you know, getting back to the generation before these kids that are protesting, I'm hearing from a lot of them saying that all lives matter. And, you know, that seems to be the mantra that I'm hearing quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I want to know how you feel about that and what Black Lives Matter means to you. All lives matter is a funny statement because it's true all lives do matter, which absolutely means at this moment, Black Lives Matter because all lives aren't being snuffed out on a street corner by four police officers. Black lives are. The old analogy that if two home, if the two homes are next to each other, yeah, both those homes matter, but guess what? One's on fire. So when the fire department comes, they're not going to spray the house that's not on fire because that house matters too. But guess what? Right now, this house is on fire and that's why we came. So we're going to put that house out in an effort to save 
the other house so the fire doesn't reach it. Because if all lives matter, then we all need to be speaking up for black lives because they're the ones under scrutiny and under duress at this point. Because I don't think this police matter is simply a black thing. It's overall a black thing. But police are kicking the hell out of everybody. They're Mm -hmm. killing everybody. Police are out of control. Again, it's a difficult job and I don't want to do it. But police are out of control and that needs to be reined in because there's videos of police killing white guys, Mexican guys, Asian guys. Every culture has a story of how police attack them. So I think together, the All Lives Matter is a way for people to try to lessen Black Lives Matter. And that's the struggle that people find themselves in because the All Lives Matter person is the same thing as the Blue Lives Matter person. Like what? 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 Mm-hmm. What Smurfs? So you come out so, Smurfs? <laughs> Smurfs? Smurfs matter, John. Come on, right. you really are a dad. So, John, <laughs> hey, I got you... there because I looked up, I saw a Smurf on TV. I was like, "Hey, man!" Smurf. Oh no! <laughs> it only gets worse, John. So, what <laughs> would you ask of us, John, to help to make a difference, like a true difference in the Black Lives Matter movement? In all honesty, all all I would ask you guys to do is this. If you find yourself in the presence of someone speaking in an uneducated manner that you know to be true, have a conversation with that person. Whether it turns confrontation or not, it's based on the person you're having a conversation with. Because one person cannot change this tide of, 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 of what's happening in the streets or what's happening in, in closed rooms. You can only affect the people in your circle. And if you make an impact in your circle, everyone in your circle goes out and makes an impact on the circle around them. And that's how we get to the point where we start to change this wave. Getting people to just think that all of a sudden tomorrow, everything is going to be okay. That's not going to happen. People need to be realistic. If you want to do something as an individual, do something in the room you're in, do something in the business you're in, do something in the family that you're in. Don't try to change another person's mind outside of that because you're not going to reach them. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. That's Instagram. Don't fight there. Fight mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I love it. Hey, it's all, I want to fight with my family at Thanksgiving. It's, I'm just it's all about the ripple effect. Yeah, it's all about yes, the ripple yes. effect. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. John, okay. I'm telling you, we knew we had to have you on. Um, so glad. You're so amazing. And your voice, when you voice about this, it's really a sense of you're a lot stronger than I would be. Let's put it that way. You, you bring brilliance to the table instead of just being pissed off and me, I'm pissed off. So hats off to you. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really? I mean, it means a lot to us. I'm proud that you're pissed and I'm thankful that you are. And, 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 and thank you guys for having me. And it's easy to stay calm because you know that we are on the way to finding some form of resolution. And so as a black man to live in America and not walk around in in a constant rage is is unaffordable because you have to provide for your children. You have to be a a member of the community that people, because again, sometimes I'm the only black person a person will see for a week. And so if I'm the image that they walk away with, then then we're, we're doing better. But if I, if they walk away and I'm the stereotype that they've seen on some movie or late night or some rap video or some crazy thing on Instagram, then I'm perpetuating the stereotype. So That's I try to brilliant. be the best person that I can be at all times because, again, I can only change the people who I come in contact with. And, and this is you. why we love you. Yeah, we love you. We love you so yeah, much. Yeah, ladies. I love you guys too. 
Don, we'll when the soon. world opens up fully, we'll all get together. Let's do it. Damn right. Take care, honey. Find all our episodes at twofabfems.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So stay tuned and stay fierce.